0: The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the North East. Reserve a table today on 0191 0399 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk. Newcastle Fans TV Hello everybody, welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. This is for the Newcastle United Geeks out here. And I'm sure by now, you pretty much all are Newcastle United Geeks because this is why we love doing this podcast. And today, we've been talking to the author of Black and White Stripes, Gavin Haig. And Sam, he has the best collection known to man. Can you please tell our listeners what this collection is?
1: Over a 1,000 Newcastle shirts. Match-worn. Replicas. The whole shebang, everything. This is one of my favourite ones we've done, actually, because this is right up my alleyway. You know, Johnny, I've got a cracking collection of Newcastle United shirts myself. But it pales into insignificance compared to to Gavin Higgs. And um, he's obviously written a book about it. Links are in the description to get the book. It's a great Christmas present idea for any Newcastle-loving uh, friend or relative, and and yeah, there's some great stories to go along with them. It's it's a really intriguing podcast, this one, and um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed making this one.
0: Yeah, it was really really good. Gavin's been to Newcastle games since 1976 when he went with his late father, and he's been collecting pretty much ever since that day. And it's it's a real, real good stories of 101 shirts is basically going to be the book. He's got 101 shirts with a story for each one. And again, he's been home and away for a vast amount of years now. And he'll be at Leicester on Boxing Day, Sound. But the shirts have changed. And he just go into detail, the subtle changes of particular shirts and what shirts stand out to him. But I don't think it's a massive spoiler to say the shirt that most Newcastle fans love the most is Gaz's favourite.
1: It, it, it's one of them that um, we're, we're hoisted by our own petard in the fact that we've had one of the most iconic club shirts of all time, and there's just no getting away from it. it, it, it it's, it's as close to the perfect football shirt you will ever get. Um, so the obvious 95 to 97, the one and only black and white Newcastle brownell shirt is is, is the best Newcastle shirt. It's one of the best club shirts of all time. So um, it, it's more about the kind of underrated ones that we talk about, the, the ones that um, might not immediately spring to mind personal choices, personal favourites. And uh, we didn't do any last week because we were at Casa San Lorenzo with Lee Clark, but our um, emails this week is shirt-related.
0: It's email time.
1: I mean, you've absolutely that's that that, that that little jingle sting you've done there died on its ass at the end, didn't it? <laughs> it started out with so much enthusiasm, and then it just absolutely died on its ass. But uh, we'll nevertheless, to, we'll,
0: have to, we'll have to get Matt to like just say, "And now it's time for the emails," or something like that.
1: No, I want a kooky one. I want a kooky one. But uh, yeah, we'll have a word with Matt. We'll uh, we'll see what... We're we're going to do something with Matt, who does our voiceovers um, for the podcast, Stings. So, yeah, we're going to do something with him in a few weeks in the run-up to Christmas. Um, But the email this week was from... As I checked the name because I memorized the question, but I didn't see who it was from.
0: This is the most important bit, and he's messing it up, ladies and gentlemen, so we do apologize for this brief interruption.
1: Mark in Hampshire... (laughs) Mark in Hampshire says, uh, "What is your most favourite away shirt since you've been supporting Newcastle United?" So I saved Ooh. this one because I knew this shirt, this this uh, this show was coming.
0: Well, Mark, it's a very, very good question. I must say that because I think when you listen to Gav's answer about away shirts, it does it does actually. Um, i have to say i have similar feelings to guys answer but i'll not, I'm not spoil it on the podcast but my favorite away shirt we're getting, Apple we're Apple.
1: including we're including like third kits and and okay. carry on in, in with this as well yeah
0: well i've got two one of them was on the episode so i'll not mention it and i'll, I'll let i'll let mark listen to it the other one is the blue ntl 2001 2002 season
1: oh you where... bought that didn't you
0: I bought it with Shearer number nine on the back. I got it from Classic Football Shirts when they came to the when they came to Newcastle Metro Centre. Um, but the reason why is because I can remember certain little things. Now it's not a memorable a memorable moment, but I remember jamming my fingers on the car window the day that Nikos Davydas scored against Sunderland in that blue top, where we beat Newcastle by a goal to nil, and she giving me that unbelievable save from Kevin Phillips. I think it's I think that save is in the top three best saves I have ever seen in the Premier League, in my opinion. I think it's the best good of a save.
1: Yeah. Um, What is yours? None. What best save or shirt? Shirt. Oh, yeah, the question. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Mark. Um, For some reason, when I read this question, one shirt sprung to mind, and I don't know why. the do you remember like the 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 green two tone green we had? Um, Northern Rock, um, when I know, like the season Shearer and Owen played together. Ugh. Oh, yes, um, yeah, 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 I do, I do like
0: that one actually.
1: Yeah, I thought that was like really smart. Um, I like that one. Um, yeah, for some reason that's just sprung into my head. And I, I I I don't know why. There's no normally with my answers to these sort of questions, there's usually a, a story behind it or a personal event or some such. But um no, that one just immediately sprung into my head. I couldn't the nineties ones were like obviously nineties, if it in in a way. Um I agree with the one that that Gav has said in the show as well. So again, I'm not going to say that. Um, but yeah, I think that that green one, it was about it was about 2004 five something like that. Oh four oh five oh five oh six. Some something, something around then. Um, I remember us beating West Brom away. Shearer and Owen scored.
0: Well, can you, I can remember a West Brom away West Brom away top as a Newcastle versus West Brom game where we wore an away top. And I think it's the one of the worst Newcastle tops we've ever had, if I'm being honest. It was like Orange green one. and purple. No, the green and purple, like Haribo Halloween. Season.
1: Oh, when Perez scored Perez, that kinky flick.
0: Perez and Collecini scored on a two nil win for Newcastle. I was there that day.
1: Were you were.
0: I was, yeah. I was at university, yeah, I got one. dropped off. I got dropped off at Preston train station to get to to meet my brother in Birmingham. Um and uh, yeah. It was a good, good day, and it, all it cost me was ten quid in a KFC. Very thanks to oh. Will, to Will Peters, and Will Peters was the one that managed to get me to play on St James's three times. So I owe Will Peters a lot. So Will, if you're listening, which is a very slim chance, probably about one percent chance at best,
1: get me on St watch. James's.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, last question, Sam, before we get this uh, podcast up and running. I know we, we talk, we don't, you, you don't like the World Cup and X, Y, and Z, but Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier both played a little bit of it in England. And now, as we record in the last 16, by the time this goes out, they might be in the quarterfinals. we've lost to Senegal. Or we might have lost to Senegal. As the tournament has progressed and we've seen a little bit of Kieran Trippier, we've seen a little bit of Callum Wilson, does it give you any hope that these two players might help England get to the latter, latter stages?
1: I think Wilson's been fantastic, you know. In the in the two, like, sort of cameos he's had off the bench against Iran and against Wales, um, the unselfishness in his play and his creativity have been absolutely brilliant. They really have. Um, I don't like what's becoming of Harry Kane either. I mean, I do, from a club sense, because the way he's going dropping deeper and becoming a bit of a number 10 kind of like what Wayne Rooney did towards um, the last stages of his career which is cutting down his goals so Shearer's record you know he might have a chance of being safe the way he's going I don't like I don't like in you know, on uh, on an international standpoint for England I don't I don't like what he's doing he's coming having to drop way too deep and and trying to affect the game in areas that he doesn't need to and it's just I think with with Wilson up there he's really helped he's, he's doing he's just as creative if not more so playing further up the pitch than what Kane's doing um but yeah Trippier's been Trippier Bruno was fantastic when he came off the bench for their for their group game the other day um, against Switzerland. I saw as well. Did you see this, Johnny? Because um, they both Bruno and Cher both started on the bench, but they still swapped shirts at the end of the game, which was quite yeah. heartwarming.
0: It was, and uh, also a big congratulations to Garang who was part of the Australian squad that just qualified yeah. for the first time ever into the last sixteen. Or well, I think it's one of, actually I think it's only maybe the second time they got to the last sixteen. Right? I don't know, yeah, they before. did in. 2006. 2006. I want to say 2006. I feel like they played when I was at school or something
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: But um, yeah, so congratulations to him. Uh, Switzerland again may have a chance of making this. Hopefully, i not be sure. I can get some minutes uh, for Switzerland. But yeah, it, hopefully it comes home for for England. But uh, the more the more I watch Gareth Southgate to England, it doesn't fill me with too much confidence. But if they do get past Senegal, you you, you will know that they will be taken on France or Poland. So that'll be uh, an interesting one.
1: Mm. Yeah, stick trips on Mbappe will be all right.
0: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, let's get, let's get this episode back on, uh, back on track because this is all Newcastle related. Of course, it's all about Newcastle related Tops. Make sure you put in your comments and when you're reviewing the podcast so you can tell us what your favourite Newcastle top is, uh, top is as well because that would be a really interesting debate. Try not mention ninety five, ninety six. 96. Try and anyone bar 95, We'll tell you that, that as a given.
1: 95 to 97, that shirt is just the best shirt ever.
0: It is. it is. But Tell us which ones you do like, don't like, and if you want to drop us an email, the email address is Sam.
1: info at com.
0: So info at com is the best place to reach us for this podcast and the intros are getting more and more popular because we're reading these emails out. So again, make sure you get them across as well for me or Sam to have a little look at. So yeah, Without further ado, this is the Greenwood and Mulliner Show with Gavin Haig.
1: The Greenwood and Mulliner Show
2: on Newcastle Fans TV.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, me and Sam are joined by the author of Black and White Stripes. And you're probably wondering what that is. How is that related to Newcastle United? Well, it is about the greatest collection of Newcastle United match-worn shorts and just shirts in general. So for the Newcastle United geeks like me and Sam, you will absolutely love this episode. And today we're joined by the author, as I've mentioned, it's Gavin Hay. Gavin, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you, lads. Gavin, where did the idea of this book come from? Because I think it's one of the best books that you could buy. It's a great present for Christmas, but, uh, this book with all this fantastic collection of Newcastle United shirts.
2: Where's the idea come from? Well, I suppose the idea comes back from 1976, to put it um, brutally. Um, I went to my first match, October 1976, Newcastle Birmingham. And a few months beforehand, um, I got a Newcastle shirt. Couldn't hard for me mum for ages and so me mum took me to Stan Seymour's sports shop in middle Newcastle in 1976 and I got the shirt which was the same shirt Supermark wore just before he got transferred. Now from that moment I got a away so I started getting shirts before I even went to my first game and that's carried on 46 years later. So ever since that day I got the shirt. So, the next season, I got the booked shirt and I got the goalkeeper's shirt and the away shirt. And then I had to get the shirt in the season. So, without fail, I carried on doing that. So, what happened is every year I started getting the shirt, getting older and older and older. And then, to- towards the late 80s, I thought, well, the player shirts are completely different to the replica shirts. How can I get one of these shirts? And back in the day, then there was nothing as eBay, there was no internet. It was just putting messages in football programs, in magazines, etc. So I did that, wrote in Newcastle as well, got nowhere. So you're thinking, what am I going to do you? I'm never going to be able to get these kind of shirts the players wear. So I kept getting me replica shirts every year. So that carried on into the 90s. And then again, I want to think back when I was about 21 year old, I wrote again to Newcastle, didn't get anywhere. So my mother, God rest her soul, I'm not having that. I'm going to write them. So she wrote to the chairman, George Forbes at the time, saying, why are you not helping this young t- lad who's mad at Newcastle, he's got every replica shirt. I mean, bear in mind then, every replica shirt since 1976, you're not helping him. Lo and behold, the commercial manager came out of my house and saw my replica shirt collection and went, oh, that's fantastic, that, brilliant. Got invited to the match, it was against Oldham Athletic in 91. 3-2 win. And after the game, they give us a shirt. But well, it was one the reserves. What was this replica reserve shirt? But I had number nine in the back, so it was clearly worn. So I'm like, it last, <laughs> I've now got something, right? So the year after, my mum was going to the States to see my uncle. And my uncle, I knew, had a shirt he got of Mickey Quinn. So she managed to get us it. So of course then, you can see now the momentum's going. About five years later, and um, just after we beat Nottingham Forest to get into the Champions League in 97, Black and White magazine did a competition for Robbie Elliott's shirt. He won the game. And I couldn't believe it. I won this shirt. So now I'm like, oh, I'm chipping away here. But again, there's still no way of getting shirts from anyone. So I'm off and running. And then about 2001, 2002, I discovered the internet. Because when you get up at my ears, this was quite a... It quite a late development. And all of a sudden, eBay? What's this eBay? What auctions? <laughs> so all of a sudden, I got the chance to reach out to the world to look for match worn shirts. So let's just say since 2002, I've been able to just go for it. So over the course since 2001, I kept on getting me replica shirts without a shadow of a doubt. But now I've got access to some match worn shirts. So from two thousand and one, two thousand and two, you then start connecting with people from around the world, dealers, collectors, auction sites, and I was now getting the chance to do it. And of course, back then, it was very it didn't have a lot of competition. So it's not like it is now, where it's a big thing now, isn't it? It wasn't then. So quickly, I was acquiring the shirts from the seventies, the eighties, the night, the nineties. So, since then, the shirt collection's grown that much. So, at the minute, I've got nearly a thousand shirts. That's me replicas and me players' ones. So, when we start getting to lockdown, lots of friends I've got in this football shirt world have wrote books. And it was always, Gav, you should do one. And you're like, Where's Where you begin? How do you do? But you've got it. I mean, you know, I've got all the, the, the collection. And then COVID came and Things change, don't they? And you look at things differently. And I thought, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. What shall I do? Shall I write a, a history book? You know, you know I tell you. you're going back to the 1900s, the stories. And then you're realising, well, I've got a collection myself. I've got a huge collection. I could write a book on my own shirts. So it's like an exhibition. So I was aware of a publisher, Counter Editions, who'd done I don't know if any of you is aware, there was a book series about eight years ago called Got Not Got, and they did a book on The United, and they came to my house and used lots of my collection to do this book, because they had a template of various books. So they'd gone on their own, and they were doing various stuff. So I went to them and said, I've got an idea, I wouldn't mind doing something of the books. What do you think? And they went, yeah, if you got the collection? Yeah, I've got the collection I've got it all so then I kind of thought well how can I do this and again with anything with a with a kind of publisher you've got a limited how many pages do you do you know you know other books have been a big coffee table book you know which isn't really what we want so somehow I'll come up with an idea well I'll do 101 of my shirts and, do a book on them. and luckily because I've gone home in a way I've been going, home and away since 1976, so I've got lots of personal stories. So I thought, well, I'll do a book on my shirts. I've got them right over the 50 years, and I can probably have stories on each particular shirt. So I'm thinking, for argument's sake, I've got a shirt from 83, 84, and that season is massive for me because it was a a 15-year-old going home and away. So I've got lots of stories about the shirt. So I thought, right, I'll pick 101 shirts out, how am I going to pick 101 shirts out of all of this? So, of course, it's kind of, well, which ones do I pick? I'm not going to have everyone from every season now. But then you start to think, well, no, it doesn't matter. Each one has a story. So I come up with my idea of 101 shirts, pick them out, and then I knew I had lots of stories about each one and stories about how I'd acquired the shirts. So that was in November of last year. And over the nine months from that, I decided the shirts, I photographed the shirts with my new iPhone. I wrote the stories on my iPhone. Um, and within nine months, the book was going to print. So people say, well, how did you come up with that? And I'm like, well, I was able to apply to the story. So one thing good about the story was it become a kind of exhibition of my collection, but there's lots of personal stories. So the stories were I've met some players over the years or I've gone to away games because if you see the book, the forward was done by David Kelly. So I've actually got David Kelly's hat trick shirt when we beat Leicester. And I met him once a few years ago, five, six years ago at a at a function and kept in touch with him and said, do you mind, will you do the um, forward for us, David? he went, yeah, not a problem. So it was it was pretty surreal. So the book was done, as I say, and... Um, I dedicate the book to my mum and dad and I'm proud as punch of it. That's the story, how I did that collection.
1: Well, you absolutely should be proud as punch of it. Um, Deeply envious of your collection as someone who's got over 50, I don't know how many I've got, to be honest. I've pretty much got every shirt since 95. So similar to you, obviously, I'm I'm only a little bit younger than you and Johnny's a little bit younger than me despite his hairline. But that's that's where my collection started. And I'm quite intrigued to know as I try and compare my collection to yours, Gav, do you still have your original first shirt that you've described there from 76 in whatever child size it was? Or did you have to, like, rebuy them back because your mother gave them away to a charity shop like mine did?
2: No, none went the journey. So I've still got... um... My first shirt I got in nineteen seventy six and I got Supermac to sign it years later. So but one thing I'd one thing I did lose, Sam, was I had the book to track suit in nineteen seventy-six. And all I have to show is a photograph of it. So when there was a retro remake done of it a couple of years ago, mm. I had to get it. And then mm. and then put two pictures together to show the difference. So in answer to your question, I've got every I mean Newcastle replicas are every one that I've had at the time. So. Wow. yes.
0: Yes. Wow. It's Incredible! incredible. Quite incredible! <laughs> no, no, I, I, not no, at all. We, we, we're so excited about this. I have to be honest, yeah. Gav. because I still something... wish I had
1: mine because I had some keep goalkeeper yeah. ones from when I was like nine. I used to have the, you know, the orange goalkeeper shirt with like the the, the black swirls on it, and the purple yeah. one with like the big yellow horse on it. I had them mm-hmm. but my uh, mum gave them away to a charity shop when I was eleven. So uh hi mum.
2: Yeah, I look I was looking to keep them. I've got my I mean I've still got my goalkeeper shirt from nineteen seventy six, the green one. Where as I say and and a photograph, but yes I oh no, no way on earth they
0: were they were they were going it going anywhere. we might talk about favourite shirts later on in the interview, but Are your more memorable shirts, you talk about a particular story, like for Sam, he started, I'm right in saying Sam, 95, 96, 97 is kind of when you started supporting Newcastle. 95, yeah. Yeah, mine was 2001-2 season, and I have just bought the shirts of that year, because it means a lot to me. I know Newcastle actually had a good season, and when Sam was talking about his favourite shirts, Newcastle, like I say, were fighting for the title. Are your favourite shirts... All the stories that you've mentioned about your particular favorite shirts reminisce about good memories of when the team are doing well. or does that, not, does that not matter? Not necessarily as I say,
2: I've been going 46 years and people often say going thick and thin. I go, it's mostly been thin, you know.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> you know you start going in 95, Sam. that was the best ever ever. We're never getting over that. and I'm hoping things are changing at the minute. And as and 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 well, when you say about 2001, that was another great start as well. But I think I look at mine, some are relating to fantastic seasons, but some relate to a fantastic personal memory as well. You know, I always go the shirt behind. That's, from, that's actually from 1984. And I often talk about 83, 84 being a fantastic season for me. Well, that's because I was a 15-year-old lad going home and away we got promoted, but we only finished third, but it was unbelievable. It was absolutely crazy. It was typical roller coaster Newcastle. So I think with me shirts in the story, I've tried to it took it's like a depth review of it. It's kind of you often say you like that shirt because it's memorable. So the 96, 95 96 shirt, it's always be associated because of the fantastic season, even though it is the greatest shirt of all time. You know, that, that's just a pure coincidence. But I think a lot with me, there's, there's lots of other memories as well. I kind of mentioned specific away trips because, as you say, when you've been going as long as kind of I, I had, there's a lot of thin seasons as well. So it's, it's, it's kind of, I think I just try to be across the board so to show the depth of it instead of saying, here's 101 shirts, but I've spread them out as well. So I've even got shirts from eighty-eight, eighty-nine season. We got relegated, but it was still, it was still good. Episode. Well, we still, we still had a good time. So I've just tried to be, just try to consider it all. You know, there's a fair, there's a fair few shirts from John Shield, Shelby from a couple of year ago. Well, that was hardly memorable that season, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, I've just tried to do a, a breadth. So I try to consider that not everybody's... It's it's kind of saying, try to think about the younger generation as well. You know, because like you say, if you said to me, Gavin, what about your shirts from 1969? I'd go, well, I've got one or two that I, that I kind of picked up. But my time started in 76. The same, like you say, in 95 and 2001.
1: And what I love about the book, which is of course available if you click the link in the description or, um, Gavin's Twitter handle is in the description as well. You can buy them direct off yourself, Gavin, as I understand. Um, I liked, to like it's similarly like my favorite shirts and, and my favorite Newcastle games as well. They're all linked into times of, of your life and your own little personal story. And that, that's what I, that's what I love about your idea for the book and, 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 and the book itself. Um, what is your kind of main standout for for picking out a favourite shirt and a favourite story that goes with it?
2: Oh, I mean, being a Newcastle fan, it's always emotional, isn't it? It's always mm. the heart. I mentioned the Ned Kelly one that day, the 7-1 victory against Leicester. You had to be wonderful what it was like, you know, beating Leicester 7-1. That shirt's got so emotion attached to the journey to get to that position. To thrash Leicester 7-1. And then we were promoted, and that was the start of the Premier League. So it kind of that is that emotion ties. So probably a shirt like that probably means more to me than than kind of more shirts. If I was talking from the emotion. But again, I've got a fair few shirts in there as well, which you would look at them and go, they're anything but emotional. If you go in there and go where well, you've got Cisco shirt in there. And I say, well, for every Cisco, there's an over Femi Martins. You know what I mean? For every over Femi Martins, there's a Anton Sibieski. And as you know, being Newcastle fan, you don't always concentrate on the best players, do you? Some of them mean a great deal for us in in little ways. You know, like um, we wouldn't we wouldn't have been seeing how wonderful Joe Linton was a few years ago, wouldn't we? So Very I've cool. kind of got that. I've got that kind of affection with different players over the years, like the unsung heroes, the ones that don't really get the credit they deserve. So that's why I've got a Cisco one in there. I even put a Chef Kikuchi one in because I put a Chef Kikuchi one in because of his dive he used to do. And we never get, we never got to see him happen. So as you say, Sam, probably I'm saying emotions, but I think I, I, I can remember when I picked the 101 shirts, I was on the train working in London and I'm thinking... How am I going to pick these? How am I going to pick them? So I try to think of ones where I've got a real, proper story. So I've probably undone my question, my answer there, because each one I've really teased out what memory I've kind of got around it.
0: Yeah, I I have to be honest with you, guys. I think I I totally agree that there is always a story, like particularly maybe away from home as well, because Mm -hmm. everything happens on away days in the sense that you know, you're not guaranteed to win, but you're guaranteed to have a good day regardless unless it's like something really dramatic happens. But has there been times, I kind of think more of the last maybe five, ten years, because there has been a lot of like, mm-hmm. not controversy, there's always a few fans that are like, oh, I don't like this particular shirt because like I was just thinking of the one for last season, was a big number four pretty much in the middle of the shirt. Has it ever been a time where you've gone, I know I've got this massive, massive collection, but you know, I don't really like this shirt, but I have to buy it because it's part of the collection. It's part of what I'm, and what I'm all about.
2: I think growing up, because cause I,
0: I like football shirts in general. I always have
2: done. So I'm, I'm into the whole design of them all. So apologies if you heard the dog there. So I would probably <laughs> say that Newcastle's shirt wasn't particularly brilliant. So the one behind at the time, I wasn't over keen on at the time. But now I look back and go, wow, what a design classic that is. So there's a few, I mean, you're right, last seasons, I wasn't keen on it at first, but I never really saw it for the, the, the V I never saw it for the number four, the sponsor. wasn't overly keen on the sponsor. But if I think growing, growing up in the younger days, I liked the waist shirts more. You know what I mean? I kind of, um, I look back at the silver one in the in, in the mid 80s. So the problem was, because I collected them, I got them in material. You know, I was never a great lover of like the bright orange ones. I still mm. bought it. And I still wore it on holiday it was the shirt, because I like to show where I was from and, and what my colours are. But even if I didn't mm-hmm. like it, I wouldn't have bought... We go back to the one in 1990, the barcode shirt, again. I was ridiculed at the time. Absolutely ridiculed. And I wasn't over keen on it, but I still remember 1990 after the World Cup, going to Hollywood with my green I was on, you know, you know kind of showing it off. But I wasn't overly keen on it. But I think it's that whole... I'm wearing my badge. I'm abroad. I'm showing my team. I always like to show who my team was, whether I liked the shirt or whether I should like whether I didn't like the shirt or anything. But as you say, I think because I'm that long, I don't know if We're going to like them or not to be honest with you.
1: So what you're saying is, in 20 years' time, we're going to look at the old like Wanga shirts and go, "Oh yeah, they're all right." Because oh, oh, no, 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 no. no, the no, last no. two, the last two sponsors we've had, well, the one we've got now and the previous one, as I say, they're not, they're not great, are they?
2: I think again, it's that whole, and I always say that you know the whole sponsors is completely different. We go back to the you know, there's betting. There's no mm. again. Are we old school? Do we like the tradition? Do we like it being a local company, Scottish Newcastle at the time, big blue star on there, it's like the writing. Wonga, that's awful, absolutely awful, isn't it? And even for an 88, it just looks so what's the word? I can't it. they just there's nothing it's about tacky, it, isn't
1: it? Looks cheapens it a bit,
2: it cheapens it, and it means nothing. And I'm probably old school thinking a sponsorship about someone local sponsoring it, but you're right, the Wonga was awful in, it. in every way. If there's a shirt, black and white shirt, I re- I rarely wore, was the longer ones for that reason, because you kind of get away from that big bubble or whatever you call it on the on the front. So I think sponsorship goes a long long way to kind of show what looks good. So I'm
0: really intrigued. What's next? I think we all are. I think every Newcastle fan is. I just like the subtle ones that you don't, almost don't even notice, which that, that would be yeah. my particular opinion. But um talking about away shirts because. I want to get your opinion on this away shirts are unique and we have had some interesting designs shall we say so you always to remember the ones that didn't go as well i remember when the yellow custard green, green kit, the custard the green kit if you, yeah <laughs> see that See so that one divided opinion but the one that i liked and i don't know if it was classed as a third kit and away kit. i'm hoping you can give me the answer gab it was when newcastle and the uefa cup and 2004 5 season, it was. I'm going to go with a bronze, I know, gold, a kind of a gold kit. I'm not going to say yellow, I'm going to go gold on that. That was my favorite in terms of away kit. I cannot find it anywhere, but I know for a fact you've got it probably somewhere in your collection.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And what makes, what stands out for you in terms of an away kit? Because that stands well, out that, for me particularly. Well, that one I call well, that the Patrick Clive, that's what I call yeah. that one.
2: Yeah. And, it, and, 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 and I remember that because that's when we won 5 1 away. And, Sheerer got the hat kind of thing. I mean, I didn't like that shirt at all. Of course, I got it. And what's interesting about that shirt was your replica, it was your, repl- your replica, but the player shirt had like a jewel layer on it. So it was when, back in the day, when they start wearing these vests underneath the shirt. So I did not like that shirt because I thought if the summit which wasn't Newcastle, it was kind of that one. But I think with the wear shirts, it's, a, it's, it's allegedly it's all about the design as opposed to no heritage involved. So they keep keeping to the black and white stripe. And you know how paranoid we'd be if we did something like Juventus did or went halves. We would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think they've had Carl Blanchard do what the hell with the waist shirts, But I think you only remember them if they're successful. So if I say about one of my favourite ever shirts of all time is the custard cream shirt. And I've just done something recently on something where I was talking about that shirt. Now, I got that when it first came out and it was discounted straight away and I made reference to that in the book. And I've got Rain Routledge's shirt because I remember getting that and wearing it when we beat Darlington 7-2. And I just loved it from day one. And that time, that season, we wore that 20-odd times away from home, you know. And it was, I just love it. But it's, at the time you go, Oh, the colour. You know, you know, but it was so kind of distinctive. Another way shirt I've loved, I mean the problem is these days we only wear them for one season so they quickly forgot about. Mm. I love the eighteen nineteen one where we were the copy of the ninety five ninety six one and all I yeah. can remember is Rondan Vasco wait at them, and that's what I remember about it. And I loved the one from I'm trying to think, it it nineteen twenty twenty one. Um the one which, it's, it's, a, it's like a fizzy yellow, that it's got a fizzy yellow sponsor on it. And we wore it when we got a one-all draw. Tottenham, it's, the, it's, like a, it's like a dark purple and, and black one. But I, I, I love that particular shirt. Again, it's in my book, if you John Jones Shelby's. But I love that. But again, it's gone. It's all forgotten about. You know, it's kind of all, all forgotten about. So um, I think with a shirt, the wear shirt, they've just made it completely radical. From, from the home shirt. So it's never the same. We don't seem to keep the tradition with it. It's so vast.
1: Mm. It's difficult, isn't it, when um, you change, like you say, you're changing shirts every year and you're making three, sometimes even four yeah. Um, yeah. every season. But you made reference, Gav, um, at the start when you started acquiring shirts on, on eBay and online and whatnot. Um, how difficult is it to, to buy shirts and you know they're genuine?
2: Well, as I say about my own, it's took me 40-odd, you know, people say, how do you know when you go? Because I do. But you've had to get to that stage to do it, so you've had to learn the hard way, you've to do lots of research, it's like anything, isn't it? eBay, and it's full of fakes now, isn't it? Absolutely mm. full. It wasn't in 2002. But again, it's doing been homework, it's been aware of the differences, you know, back in the day, back in the 80s, your replicas looked very much kind of, they were very different to the players' ones they ever think about. The players had embroidered badges, the replica ones had embossed and stick-on badges. It's now the other way around now. It's kind of, you know, we keep going on, don't we? Oh, I'm not happy with this. There's not an embroidered badge now. But the players wanted to stick-on one because it's yeah. all about performance now.
1: No so nipple-shaking.
2: No, so it's kind of it's kind of doing your research to make sure you get it right. The problem is now, as I say, when I was a young lad, the thing about copies, the only copies I remember is when someone was buying a Lacoste polo shirt, and trust me, the polo shirts in 1985, you would know a mile away they had fruit and the loom in the back or something like that. So they clearly <laughs> different. Now it's that good, and of course now there's so many ways so they can get them from the Far East. They can get the badges, they can get the um, Premier League badges so they can spec them up. And when you go on the internet and they put place specification, so it's kind of, it can be abused, left, right and centre. The only really you could probably get authentic in if you get it specifically off their back as <laughs> they come off the pitch. Or you're very, very lucky to throw it in the crowd to you. But I sit quite high I sit up in the 1892 club, so I'll never catch one.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, because obviously... Nowadays, uh, it's kind of like people, are like, especially youngsters, have got like little signs saying, like, can I have your shirt? So like for example, like to Alan St. Maximum, ASM, can I have your shirt, please? And you seem to throw them out, especially like with away days, when apart from maybe this season, when we've, we've won quite a lot of away games. But I remember when you did win the away game, maybe, say, last five, ten years, and a player throws a shirt into the crowd and you take it home and you, can, you notice the difference straight away. Do you know when you get a, when you get like a match worn shirt? What are the biggest differences from like a match worn shirt to like the replica shirts? Because for people that probably don't know, it costs an extra thirty quid, but they don't actually know what the actual subtle differences are. I hope you can kind of explain that, Gavin. If you can. Well, it, well, it's,
2: it's 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 like now there's the competition. If you think about it, it's kind of so they bear the replica for ourselves, don't they? So it's kind of the tough, they're, they're tough they're, they're <laughs> to be wear, kicking about, and they're often. If, if you're talking of Castor, extra, extra large, you know, they're quite the, quite a big fit, although the fit's been a bit all over the place the last few years. But the players' want across the board, Nike, Adidas, everywhere, they're, they're an athletic fit, so they're a performance garment. So the material's very... I'm saying very different. It depends on the manufacturer. So if you, if you kind of... Well, if you take the Castor shirt, the replica shirt material is very different to the performance player one. So the player one is very stretchy as opposed to the, the replica one is, is very tough. So you're right to the, to, you know, to the, you know, to, to just see them normally, you might think there's no different, but there's kind of a lot of difference. So like I say, they're very kind of, the players ones are very stretchy. But years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. Years ago, i go back to the 1995 season, the replica shirt is is very much the same as the player one. The only difference is the numbering and the affixing of the um, Premier League badges. So again, the back there wasn't really a kind of issue. You know, because again, it's how, you you know, the the materials weren't there. You know, there wasn't all the ways to do fancy numbering. If If you wanted a number in 95, you had to go to the club shop to get this Adidas number. And, of course, the only difference back then was the players wore an Adidas number that didn't have Adidas written in it, mm. but the replica ones did. So, again, it's that whole, the things that, that you kind of find out over the years. But, yes, the shirts now are are different. Are
1: different. Oh, I love this. This is proper football geek stuff. This is right up my street. Um What do you, you think is the most underrated shirt we've had? Because, obviously... We, we all know the answer to what's the best ever Newcastle shirt, and, and, and it's it, it's kind of not a shame because it's such a good shirt—the ninety-five to to ninety-seven one that we had, the 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 one and only shirt. But there's a few we've had that are, that are quite underrated, even since we've got rid of Adidas and we've had Puma and Castor.
2: Probably the A6 one. In ninety three, ninety five, yeah. it's just say because I, I remember it well, and I wrote, I wrote up a bit of story on it because that one, that went from the barcode one to, it's quite understated. It's very retro. It's kind of, it was the long shorts. Where these long shorts come from? You know, the away one at the time, the blue one, you know, with the the, the white specks on. You know, we wore for a couple of seasons, but the, that that particular home one because that was first to be worn McEwen's Lager. But that shirt is a design classic. It's so simple. but so retro and it goes under the radar. And we were hugely successful. People forget that. In the two seasons, we finished third. And trust me, that season was fabulous as well. In the next season, although we finished sixth, we were in Europe almost briefly. But that shirt is a design classic. And all I ever think of that shirt is Andy Cole and Peter Beardsley. David, you and David Kelly on that hat rig on that last game against Leicester. <laughs> so that's the shirt that it's so simple and so it it it's kind of so effective. So probably that won't buy miles. To be honest with you,
0: mm. yeah. I I like I say. I think when you look back now, you obviously a lot of people are like try and buy this presents because obviously, yeah, you kind of they're see the remade and they're not exactly exactly the same. But to have that element of what the what the past of Newcastle United was, I think. It, it is nice. Um, just talking about Newcastle. I'm not going to talk about Newcastle right now. We'll, move back. we'll talk about it a little bit later. Yeah. But you talk about 1976 being the first game, but you've been a season ticket. And i right, you've been a season ticket all since 1992. Yeah, yeah. So, and and so. and,
2: I, and I only be and the only reason I became a season ticket all again from from my wonderful father. I always get it in. God rest his soul. So in 1976 we we went on the in the Gallagher, and I sat in the barrier, and we were quite happy on the Gallagher. You know can't remember how much it cost. I, I was still getting them for a five when I was 21, but, but that's another story. <laughs> and the only reason, we were a we, we were Gallagher, same place as the Gallagher from 76 and 82, and we only went to the Milburn stand because my dad started having problems with his legs, et cetera, because he was a diabetic. So it was like, I'm going to have to sit down, and I was like, I want to sit. But the Gallagher didn't have a stand then, so the only place you went there was the Millburn. So we, we went and sat in the seats in August '92, and it was only because you had to. But within a year, it took off completely, and it was a full season ticket. So I've been in the Milburn ever since. So was it was only because I had to at the time. Yeah. Well, you could have you know changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like it's, I think the problem was at the time. I know, what, I, I I was a bond holder, so I got the bond the season afterwards.
1: Ah. Uh...
2: I think back then it was, well, I'm getting up here now. The last thing I want to do is change because I've got, a, I've got a premium seat. So you never thought about it. And my dad was like quite happy. So we stopped in the Millburn. And then in 2000, when the Platinum Club got extended, the corporate, we got moved down to the paddock as, as, part, of, as part of that. And I stayed in there. So, we, so when my dad gave it up, my friend took the ticket on. And then three or four years ago, we thought, I'm in my fifties now. Let's move, and we moved up to the 1892. So, so yes, I've kind of, I think, as a young kid, you like to be behind the goal, looking it, you know. And uh, but as you even,
1: a, even as even, a 33 year old kid, you you do.
0: <laughs> I I do that away from home anyway. So, <laughs> no, the only reason the only reason why I asked you about the season ticket holder because. Are you one of those people like that has to wear a Newcastle shirt for every single game they go to? I can't imagine at the eight because obviously you just mentioned about the eighteen ninety two club. I, I know they're kind, they're not strict, but I can't imagine they go. We don't really want you to wear in full on black and white. Are you kind of got to wear a well, a nicer shirt or whatever like a Ben Sherman shirt which Sam has a lovely collection of? Um, but do you have do you have to have a like, do you have like a particular routine you have to wear? A Newcastle uh, shirt of a particular era when you go to an away game, for example, or when you were, like I say, in 1992, starting a season? Three. No,
2: I never, because um, again, in the 80s, you never wore football shirts down from that area, the casual era and everything. So I never wore shirts. I collected, you know, as I got to the, um, the teenage years, oh, no, I don't wear football tops And You know what I mean? I, I still collect them. So I'd never been one to wear them visibly the games itself. As I got older, I started every now and again away matches, putting on a, a retro shirt to be different. You know, put like the 1992 shirt on with the number nine on the back. So every now and again I bring that out. But when I actually go to the games itself, I don't tend to... Um, I've never been one really to wear the shirt. Unless it's been that blazing hot day of, I think, back to 2009 when we got relegated against Aston Villa. And I wore me Philip Albers match-worn shirt that day why I did I'll never ever know but I did so as I say I've never been one to actually really wear them to go to the games itself because I suppose one way of looking at them is like are well, they too precious for us to be wearing them for the games so I mean now if I think about now probably without realising underneath me tops I've probably got a black and white on shirt or I'm going to go to go to games and now but not visibly not visibly you know no, certainly not the 1892 are I go quite smart these days. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um moving on slightly from that, um, there's a question we've started asking guests. Well, I say we've started, we only did it last week with Lee Clark. But um you're a, a perfect person to ask, Gav, because you've you've watched Newcastle through both of these eras. So you can only have one in your midfield. Who are you picking, Rob Lee or Bruno? Rob Lee. Why?
2: Because I've because Rob Lee did it over ten years. Rubos Bruno's absolutely fantastic. Unbelievable. But he's only been here since January.
1: So yeah. But yeah, but does that mean Rob Lee's a better player than Bruno?
2: No, no, it doesn't. I mean I just I, um, I'm I'm long term. I'm a long term fan. And Rob Lee did it over such a long, long time. Him. I hope I'm, I'm really hopeful that Bruno is 10 times better than Rob Lee and he's our player for that but I'm one I like to see it done over a period of time it's like seeing Trips. Trippy is absolutely fantastic and I think love him to bit. he's marvellous but I kind of judge him on such a short space of time mm. yeah but Bruno is fabulous Lee Clark's got me booked by the way <laughs> yes, he has actually physically got me book, yeah. So yes, me yeah. my friend um, I, I I sent it to him. So yeah, me my me friend met up with him and he took his picture with Lee Clark took his picture with it. So I sent it to him with his own. So yeah. But Lee well... Clark's a prime example. Lee Clark did it over years and years and years.
0: And if you talk about an underrated player, Lee Clark.
1: Yeah, and he agreed with you, he picked Rob Lee as well.
0: For the exact same reason as well, Gav. He said Rob Lee's just done it over a longer, longer stretch of time, and I think that is probably a fair, a fair answer because again, Bruno he's, he's had those moments the last well nearly twelve months. Obviously he's been at Newcastle now, and you think, wow, if he if he is here for five years, it'd be oh. absolutely incredible. But this season has been absolutely extraordinary. And we're talking about how shirts could mean something. This shirt that we're aware, like this season shirt, could be one like 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 we've mentioned. Going, oh my god! you Remember that season where we finished in the top four? This shirt was amazing. Steady, I
1: steady, steady. So no.
0: This is this is what I kind of want to get your opinion on. Gav. Do you do you think Newcastle can get into the top four? Can they get into the Champions League? Because that's the debate at the minute. I would say the way they're playing.
2: I can't, get my head around it. I can't get my head around it. It's absolutely marvellous. Going from how depressing it was 12, 18 months ago, as you say, I've been going as long as I have. It was always... And just me cautiousness there is when I mentioned Rob Lee. It's a prime example. You're like, it's too good to be true. this man. You know what I mean? It's kind of... But it's different now, of course, isn't it? Um, I would say, yes. I wish the season had stopped when it did. No. Um, Can they do it? There's no reason why not. I think we just need a couple of extra players. Please, James Madison. Please sign for them. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Um, that there's no, there's no reason why not. They've been absolutely great. So, um, I'm hoping to because I want to get back to Europe again because it's been ten years. <laughs> I
0: mean, so,
2: everybody is. Yeah. I can wait. For, I can't wait for Leicester on Boxing Day. I cannot not wait for Arsenal. You know, just have to even order the, the times out the pot again as usual, but it's 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 just it's just going great. But as I mentioned that. gosh I've been here a few times before, it feels different now, but again it, it's with Newcastle it was always Feast of Famine, wasn't it? So it's it's kind of a um, long winded answer, I would say. I don't see any reason why not, as long as we get a couple of additions.
1: Do you do you think the first few games back after the World Cup, like Leicester away, uh, we've got Leeds at home, haven't we, and, and Arsenal away? Do you think they'll they'll shape our season? Because obviously we've had this gap for this horrendous winter World Cup, and it's just come at such a wrong time. And okay. these these first few games back are quite big games when you think about it.
2: Yeah, I mean the Leicester one. I mean the Leicester one is quite interesting because Leicester Leicester start getting a bit of form again, haven't they? Yeah. So you, you can feel it. Oh, God, this could be quite... Um, as you see, I'm, when I'm watching the England game last night, I'm going, get on, Wilson, get on. But I'm like... It's like Bruno. Oh, yeah, come on, but don't do anything. <laughs> Keep it right. Even you know, you know, even come coming. I was over the moon. It was like, well, that'll do. That'll do. That'll do. So that Leicester game is probably... The, Leicester one thing, the way I mean, we've got the friend against Valucano, which might give them something to get a bit of fitness. Let me put the game again. It's probably not a bad introduction, but that Leicester one, I would say Leicester and Leeds, especially, because you know yourself, if we you don't get a result, people stay away might be oh kind of focus a bit on the the break with the World Cup. So there's no reason I'm sure um Eddie's got them will have them working very hard beforehand. So
0: but yeah that Leicester game is massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big big game in boxing day but it's nice to see a manager doing his job and working the players hard rather than give himself the afternoon off or something like that but we'll will we'll, we'll, i'll use your uh quote sam i'll digress uh i have to ask you because it's 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 a bit of an important subject the cup game against Bournemouth because obviously you' win the last sixteen of the of the Carabao cup and then obviously we' Just, be, just as we record a couple of days ago, Sheffield Wednesday and the FA Cup at Hillsborough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, I offered, if I could offer you one of these two situations, Gav, Newcastle make the Champions League, but don't win a trophy. But Newcastle win either the FA Cup or the League Cup this season, but just miss out on the Champions League and say finish in either the Europa League or the Conference League. I think I know the answer. Yeah. But what, but what, would, what would you want, Gav, out of those two options? FA Cup. I was I was there in 98
2: and 99 and trust me in 98 if we beat them you would, after the cup final in 98 when we went out in London you'd think we'd won the FA Cup now, can you imagine if we did win it and I go back to again nostalgia fan the 76 when you've got Super Mario and the lads up at the station we got beat man got beat can you imagine if we won some it man you know it's kind of it'd be great to you know I'll take, the, I'll, I'll, I'll take the FA Cup, the Cup, because we'll still be in Europe. Yeah. It's been a different competition. So, is you say, I still have that view of the Champions League when we got him, when we finished second, when we finished fourth. I'll take it any day of the week, but winning the Cup, man. <laughs> I don't know what it's like. I haven't a clue what it's like, man. <laughs> i just got no idea. You know, that whole, when you're winning, these teams win, they blow that final whistle. You know, in 2000, when we got the semi-final in and Rob, and Rob Lee scored, that was unbelievable. Just scoring the goal at Wembley. Just scoring the goal. And then, of course, Poyer went straight to the other end and got the winner. But that, that one <laughs> moment, that's kind of... You'll not beat that, will you? you know, you'll not beat that. So, it'd be the biggest booze-up for, forever, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> I mean,
1: the, the scenes take overnight will pale into insignificance. The, the day we win it, I mean, people are going to have to take two weeks off work because it's just uh, the ultimate lash. But it's it's going to be like like many Newcastle fans, I've dreamt many an evening of of what that day is going to eventually be like when it happens. And yeah, I'm with you, going Yeah, cup every time. Yeah, it will certainly be a, a cup. I think I, I guess I'm
0: with you, Gavin. I, my, my dad talks about. The FA Cup at The best I've seen Newcastle, I was talking to Sam about this a couple of days ago, was the FA Cup semi-final. We got got to beat 4-1 of Manchester United. I was too oh, young to yeah. remember, that, remember, but remember that
1: was, that was that But oh, that was... Because we had Lisbon like like three days before three that. Days before, but, um, yeah. The squad was down to its bare bones and you knew we were never going to have... like You knew going into that game we weren't going to beat Man United.
2: But that semi-final, obviously I was there that day, the 4-1. And we went out in Cardiff the night before and it was was dead anyway and it was just so flat. And everything about that game, the the walking off, four one beat, and they get it so near, so close. In ninety nine when we beat sorry, year we beat Sheffield United. It's absolutely crazy. That was just the semi final. And then when we beat Tottenham, as I see, you kinda it's 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 just that one off situation, as you say, it's that whole um that better than ever. that one game, you know, that we need one for me. I've dreamt about it for 46 years, man. So it's got, it's got to happen. It's got to happen sometimes. So, as I say, if Eddie managed that, he'd be immortalised, man. Absolutely. You know, in 1990, I always, I always remember we were in the Zenith Data Cup and we went to the Middlesbrough and got beat. I was good at because it, it was like one game away from Wembley. <laughs> Little things like that. It was like, you know. Just any any little any little trophy. So, would
1: would you give up all of your shirts to win an FA Cup?
2: No, I would keep all my shirts and have the FA Cup.
1: No, <laughs> you, well, you can't do that. It, it's a hypothetical situation that's meant to leave you stumped. What would, I would you say? I, I would say I'd stump and don't
2: ask me these questions because I'll get <laughs> stressed thinking about it.
0: I won't post then just finally Gav how much money do you think you've spent roughly on your collection I would say
2: more than enough and I'm not going to shout it because the wife's next door and I don't want it to hear so, <laughs> so, would, so, so, I, some
1: buy the book <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I, I would say a lot but I, I'm a fan of, as I say I mean I've always collected programmes I've got every programme on programmes since 76 so in Newcastle United in general of course many packets always have done but I've never known any different so it's irrelevant. The, the price it's cost, it's so like, what else is it to spend it on? No you know, kind, kind of grown up. or so. a hell of a lot.
0: Laugh. <laughs> and I'm not going laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, to stop now. You have to tell us off there. Uh, <laughs> when the listeners are listening. So where can everybody listen to this podcast? Links are
1: in the description. And as I say, the link uh, to buy the book is in the description as well, or give uh, Gav a message on Twitter.
0: Yeah, Gav, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Me and Sam, we're really looking forward to this beforehand, and you certainly not let us down with some fantastic stories about the the shirts and why you have collected all the shirts and the programmes, as you've now mentioned, since 1976. So thank you very much for your time. Okay, cheers, lads. All the best. So from myself, Jonathan Greenwood, my co-host, Sam Muller, and today's guest, Gavin Hayes. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the Northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213-0399 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk.